I think my dad's writing in the wake of finding out he wasn't my biological father, artistic stuff that was coming out of him, I think that was one of the major impetuses for wanting to make the film. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow! No, no, tu vas m'exciser là, t'es ouf? T'as pas le choix. Mais tu trembles! Growing up, I knew of Wonder Woman, but I didn't know much about her. I wasn't a big comic book fan. Not even worth state tuition, Christine. My name is Lady Bird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Lady Bird, like Christine. you said you would. Just... Le César du meilleur scénario original est attribué à Denise Gamze Erguven et Alice Vinocourt pour Mustang. I just don't know what I'm supposed to be. I tried being a writer, but. <laughs> I hate what I write. We burn things, because war's the only language men listen to. Because you've beaten us and betrayed us and there's nothing else left. We're in every home, we're half the human race, you can't stop us all. And we will win. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 43 of the Filmotomy podcast. I'm your host, B Garner, and today is a special guest podcast. And, uh, as you know, we are currently running the Femme Film Festival up on our site, which I hope you guys have all been sort of participating in. One of the directors of, well, she's actually a director of two films that are, is featured in the festival, is joining us today, along with Robin Wright. We we are so honoured to have you here, Kate. Uh, how are you this today? I was going to say this morning, which it is this morning, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> depends on when oh, yeah. people are listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure um, to have a chat to you both today. The two films that are in our festival lineup are um, Plunge and Somersault Pike, which I both enjoyed greatly. Robin. Do you, do you want yeah. to sort of talk about the films briefly? Bianca and I, and we, we, we would choose the selection, and that, that's what we did. And we got twenty films. Um, yeah. And Kate Lafar has got two. Yeah. Selection. <laughs> um, so that's so that can only be a good thing. So the plunge and some salt pike is what we're going to be talking about today. So my if people have seen it or know of it, will will know that this question is quite relevant. Uh, Kate, what, what is your obsession with? Diving, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, that's a very good question. I think because thematically they're so different, I don't think I realised when I was making the second film, which was Somersault Pike, how similar they were in that they are, you know, both films about young women jumping into large bodies of water. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think... Looking back on them both now, that they're, um, you know, water often is about your subconscious and exploring those feelings. And so I think that's um, probably part of it. And particularly when I was making Somersault Pike, I was incredibly obsessed with diving. And basically I would go to um, dive meets and I would go to and go and watch different um, coaches working with different um, groups of kids. I went interstate in Australia to go and watch more high-level competitions. I went and met an Olympic medal winner who lives a couple of suburbs away from me. So I pretty much, yeah, definitely threw 
myself into the world of diving and I was just really um, obsessed with the idea that they're all chasing this, you know, perfect score of 10. And at the same time, this that film is my uh, graduate film from my master's at the Victorian College of the Arts. And so I guess uh, for me, I was also a little bit obsessed with making, you know, a film that I thought that I put a lot of pressure that was going to, you know, be a perfect film and my, you know, calling card to the industry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really looks, I didn't, I didn't realize it was your graduate film. Uh, It looks amazing. You know, not to say that I was just thinking about my own graduate film when I left university and it wasn't half as good as that so <laughs> it you know it looks very well done very professional and uh the way that you build up on the atmosphere and the moodiness of both films actually they both have a very sort of i don't want to say almost surreal it's very sort of makes you the endings of well i don't want to give anything away but the endings were just sort of left me speechless you know actually just sort of breathless as well they were both very impactful um so i just want to wanted to say that they had a great effect on me and i I think that you managed to pull something off that most filmmakers often fail to do especially short films thank you with somersault pike it was actually a really different film in the script but uh but I kept editing and editing and got it down to what you see today so in terms of the tension it, it kind of um it was something that I rebuilt after mm. I shot yeah I was going to say what's impressive for both of his obviously the diving is an, an aspect of it each but very differently the plunge is very much you know it's a story about two, two women and there's a sort of familiarity to it and you know your narrative the second one's a lot more technical, I think. Some sort of pike. I mean, the cinematography. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a shot where she's walking. And you must have, you must have, can't have got this right on the first take. But the, she's walking around the pool, and each each person dives as she walks past them. It's just incredible. And then the sound design, the sound. Mm. I, you know, that that's a film you need to turn the sound up. You know. Um, It'd be great in IMAX, this film. <laughs> you know, it, the sound design was was excellent. So, I mean, they're very different. One's more technical, one's more maybe personal, I don't know, but... Oh, thank you very much. No, no problem. <laughs> so, um, how did Plunge come about? Um, so, uh, Plunge I also made while I was at film school. Um, and I was actually working on a short script about three women soldiers lost in the jungle after a hypothetical war Mm. and I was really struggling to find the story that I was trying to tell within such a short film and um and I had when I'd auditioned like 40 actors and it was getting very close to my shoot dates because and there's no room to move um in in my film school I was kind of a bit panicked because it wasn't working for me Then my lecturer suggested that I kind of take a step back, look at a location and then let myself be inspired Mm -hmm. by the location. So I went and looked at this lake in Creswick and then pretty much in one afternoon I wrote that script. Yeah, which is pretty amazing and I doubt that it'll ever happen like that again. (laughs) 
But um, but it came from a really personal place about a relationship that I was in at the time that I was struggling with, and those were some of the feelings that I was exploring. Responsibility of being in a relationship, I could kind of relate to that. <laughs> so, uh, I was uh, I I was amazed that you you know you wrote that in in one afternoon. That's such an accomplishment. It's amazing. I certainly, some yeah. film I made afterwards mm. that was months and months and you know I'm I yeah. couldn't even tell you how many drafts yeah <laughs> so that was, was like a lightning strike I think plunge yeah yeah as, as I say the the um the location is really unusual we don't really have anything like that in the UK and I'm kind of jealous it was beautiful and I loved the way that the cinematography sort of captured that sort of location isolated and you know and in the middle of nowhere. It's about, uh, so I live in Melbourne in Australia and it's uh, maybe an hour and a half drive from, um, from the city. So it's great that you've got two like, autobiographical aspects there, I suppose, then. so with the plunges like a, a sort of based on my personal things and some sort of play get the impression it's kind of, it was almost like when you say you're editing it and changing it, it was almost like, you were depicting the journey you were on, um, mm. trying to break into film, I suppose. Does, it, does that sound true? Yeah, definitely. They were really, uh, I guess, while I was at film school, I was really trying to learn how to tell my own stories but um, or how to explore themes that I'm interested in but through other methods um, and so that was I guess the quest and I often um, kind of start with a question that I don't really know the answer to and that I try and work out in the process of making the film and I think that that's probably why like the making of Somersault Pike was very difficult and changed a lot so I guess that's because I wasn't quite sure where I was going until I got there <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> yeah did you have an so, idea um, some... the sound did you have, like the sound design is a bit heavy on that one is that something you knew going into it that it's going to be that kind of I discovered as I went on. Originally, um, the script for Somersault Pike had scenes with um, other divers and a coach and a lot of dialogue scenes. And so it was only um, uh, in the edit that I lost those, basically. And so I thought that it would be more like plunge, that I would um, just use sounds from the environment. But once I started editing and I realised that it would be the sound that would bring us inside her head and take us on that journey. And I worked with this really incredible um, sound designer here in Australia, Livia Ruzik. Uh, it was quite collaborative and, you know, we talked a lot about how I wanted it to feel for the audience um, and how – and then she just kept layering and layering sounds and we talked about when to bring it up and – and when to have silence and those sort of things. So, yeah, I guess it was a journey and I needed to be open to things changing as as I needed them. And I think that was the same for Plunge as well, really, because initially I was going to have music in Plunge. You know, some of it had been composed, but I realised that the images, for me, the sounds of the bush and the images, it didn't need any music and that distracted from the journey that we were on yeah that you pay homage to yourself is there anything you were kind of inspired by like recent films like a favorite film where you tipped your hat to 
Um, yeah, there was certainly one film I um, watched a lot where I, when I was like in the process of writing Somersault Pike, and that was this um, this great documentary by um, Werner Herzog called The Great Ecstasy of Woodcarver Steiner. It's about a 45-minute documentary from the 70s, and he shot it, a lot of it, at, you know, slow motion, and so, and it's about this um, ski flyer, basically. Because it's at slow motion, he's just flying gracefully through the air with this blue sky behind him, and I kind of thought about, and also how he treated his hero and the character and in the film he has an accident and he needs to get up and and keep going basically and and that was kind of quite inspiring for me personally whilst making my graduate film because there were quite a few hiccups and then also for the character and how did you how did you cast both films there just going back to that for plunge i was quite lucky because i'd been auditioning for the women soldiers film that i didn't end up going ahead with so i'd actually auditioned you know 40 really talented um women in melbourne and so i took two actors who'd auditioned for those parts and worked with them or i guess it was kind of um lucky as well that Jeannie and juliet also had both just been in a play together process for casting somersault pipe was incredibly um difficult because um there's not many you know like 16 year old divers who dive off the 10 meter platform i actually had i had to delay shooting the film several times when either a diver pulled out at the last minute or i had a very small window of time to shoot with a different diver when she was free from training a lot of difficulty so it actually fell over twice or had to be postponed twice because of casting difficulties. There's this great thing online called Dive Recorder, and you can actually, like anyone can go and look at it, and you can see who's diving all over Australia, you know, at a certain level, what dives they're able to do off the 10-metre platform um, and their date of birth. And so I was pretty much stalking divers (laughs) all over Australia um, and, yeah, and going through that (laughs) Um, and contacting them and then seeing who was available. I mean, the issue is is that diving off a 10-metre platform is quite hard on your wrists, and so many divers give it up around the age of 15 or 16, or if they don't give it up, then they're, you know, they're, on, they're hopeful to go to the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics and things like that. Um, you know, and, and divers can't really afford to miss four or five days off a row, in a row off training. So it was incredibly difficult. So I was so delighted when I um, found Mary Holgate, who was no longer, she was still able to dive off the 10-metre platform but wasn't pursuing a career in diving. Yeah, she was just perfect for it. Yeah, she had a great face as well, that diver, because you had a lot of close-ups and she's, she kind of captured the the tension well uh do you have any sort of female filmmakers that have inspired you at all um yeah certainly a big one for me has been um lynn ramsey Mm. and so i'm a really big fan of all of her work and i saw as well that you're going to have morvan Callow play as part of the festival yeah um which fantastic film she's really always thinking about the tiny details in the Mm. frame and using those to tell the story. And I kind of, you know, it was one of the things that I tried to think about a lot. Like part of the action is it that gives you the excitement and like makes you feel something. I think she works with um, sound designer Paul Davies. 
yeah, he's done a really good job in terms of um, lifting the tension with the sounds of, you know, railway tracks and trains and things like that. So, yeah, it was quite um, good pickup. Yeah, I was quite influenced um, by Rat Catcher. Um, an audience will forgive a bad picture or, you know, think it's a bit arty if it's, you know, out of focus or something like that, but um, an audience won't forgive poor sound. I grew up in this town called Wollongong, a teenager in the 90s. One of the things that I would do is um, call around all of the video stores in the area and try and find um, queer cinema because um, I was kind of, you know, looking for representations of myself mm. on screen. And, and, yeah, and then I, you know, go and, like, join this video store um, just so I could borrow their one, you know, lesbian uh, video. And I'd um, bring it home and then I'd wait for my parents to go to bed and then I'd watch it in the family lounge. <laughs> and so, I mean, for me, Somersault Pike is the first film I'd made that wasn't queer. I just realized that I was exploring other themes and not everything I make needs to be queer. Films like Plunge, you know, it's a queer story, but also I feel like, well, that that story of, you know, taking a, a leap of faith in a relationship should be universal, you know? Any advice to either, either young people or anyone trying to make it into film? Is there anything, that, any advice you would give them? Some important advice is to go, and especially while you're learning, is to go and crew on as many films as possible. So when I was first getting started, um, I went and crewed. Even though I wasn't studying at the film school full-time, I would just go and crew on a lot of film sets. And it gives you an opportunity to see different directors at work and really see what to do and also what not to do, you know. And probably the other bit of advice, which I uh, try and remind myself of, is that a career in film isn't a sprint, it's a marathon. And keep at it, and there'll be ups and downs, and that's just part of the process. So I kind of did a lot of event videography and Mm. things like that for quite a few years, and I did a screenwriting course part-time on my day job, and then eventually I uh, decided that, you know, to really give it a shot, and that's when I... um, quit my day job and went and did uh, my Masters of Film. So we can just talk uh, quickly about the general climate of female filmmakers, if you like. I mean, but generally, do you, the last, let's look at the last few years. It's been a massive change. And that's what we try and focus on on the website, among other things. But For us in Australia, we've had our funding bodies like, uh, so we have a, an Australia-wide one, Screen Australia, and then we have state-based ones, um, so like Film Victoria in the state that I live in. Um, and there's been a real focus on acknowledging that women haven't been getting the same opportunities as men, and so there's been a real focus on that in terms of funding. So an emerging filmmaker like myself, it's a really exciting and positive time to be a woman filmmaker. They an actor and writer of feature film here in Australia, um, Alice Fulcher, and she put together some stats. And basically, you know, last year in Australia, there were 28 feature films released that got a proper theatrical um, release, oh, Australian feature film, sorry. And there was uh, 21 male directors and five female directors. It's like the female directors and everything else with, with, with race and eventually we want it to be mm. so 
so it's not a thing anymore. So it's yeah. like normal. But... Um, Kate, what's sort of next for you in terms of uh, filmmaking? I'm in post-production on a couple of documentary shorts um, that I shot in Peru earlier in this year. Yeah, so went on this amazing um, program where Werner Herzog was the mentor and there were 50 um, international filmmakers in the jungle of Peru and we had, I think, 12 days to go out and, um, you know, write, shoot, edit um, our own films. That was um, quite exciting, quite a challenge, also in Spanish, and I don't really speak <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> I'm also developing a feature film. At the moment, last year I was on, last year I discovered um, in the Australian Gay and Lesbian Archives um, some art journals of a woman called Lisa Salmon um, and the magazine Wicked Women. It's set in the late 80s and Lisa Salmon, um, together with her lover Francine, they kind of were fighting against the dominant, they were kind of fighting to give radical female sexuality its own expression and they were doing this through like holding parties and performances um, and they also created Australia's first uh, lesbian erotica magazine um, yeah which is pretty like when you look at it it's pretty you know tamed by our standards now <laughs> or in terms of out there but it's really um, you know cutting edge at the time and really challenged the norm and that, that's you, what you're working on now to, as a feature film. Amazing. Yeah, so I'm going to try. So I've been um, working very closely with um, Lisa and also other people involved in a time period, and then I will try and bring it together and then write a narrative and cast um, actors. And I'm getting to hear great stories. So I'm actually um, in New South Wales um, interviewing uh, various people at the moment and, um, yeah, hearing really great tales about what it was like to uh, be gay in the late 80s, early 90s in um, Sydney scene. I feel like we hear lots of the stories often often by men, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I love things like milk and uh, when we rise. And in Australia, we have um, Riot, which is the first story, uh, which is the story of the first Mardi Gras and political protests um, in Sydney and things like that. But uh, I think it's, I think women were doing as exciting and revolutionary things as well. And so I think it's really important to share that story with the world. Now you mentioned, um, I'm going off topic a bit here, but you mentioned Alice Fulcher earlier. Is, it, is, is, is that the same, she made a film called um, That's Not Me with her husband. Is that, is that what you were talking yes, about? Yes, correct. Oh, yeah. Because right. yeah, that, yeah, that, that was a really good film. I um, saw it recently. Very funny film. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic film, isn't it? So um, they attended the same film school that I did um, a couple of years in front. Mm. Um, I think it's a great film. They're, you know, they're very funny people in real life. Um, and also Alice has been really fantastic about calling out, you know, now that she's made this feature, um, calling out the gender imbalance and, um, you know, calling out film festivals when all of the nominations are for men and things mm. like that. I'm quite vocal here in Australia and kind of, I don't know, using her, her newfound platform. Yeah, I'm just wondering what sort of coverage, again, there's, there's, there's not just the, the, the gender thing, but the, 
the fact that she's Australian, I wonder how that's going to take, and yourself, obviously, but breaking into England and to the, into the States, it, it's difficult for us to sort of find it from the other side, find films like this, you know, that are, the, the British films, obviously, and the American films are in your face all the time, but even Australia's almost like it's trying to find a, a needle in a haystack sometimes, or even discover. <laughs> so, I mean, when I found that, yeah. when I found out Fulcher's film, I was like... Where 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 has she been? You know, where's where where's where's he? I think he directed it, did he? And she wrote it, or something like that. And it's been compared yeah, to like, yeah, and he directed it. Compared to like Noah back and um, Greta Gerwig kind of come together and make something really bittersweet and funny. So, you know, it's I love discovering stuff like this, and we're hoping to focus more on other countries, aren't we, Bianca? You know, mm. Australian cinemas is one of our sort of we want yeah. to go there. I think as well, Australia, everyone just thinks of Mad Max when they pick up an Australian film. Yeah. There's so much yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... that's... So, too, and the castle, so we have a lot of, you know, the traditional Oka cinema as well, but, yeah, there is a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's also quite accessible for people. They just, you know, don't realise people really need to check your films out so uh if you haven't done already <laughs> make sure you do because you you need to see them the br- brilliant well crafted you know well shot um just just really good films aren't they robin yeah and again short films is another thing that is is hidden away we need to mm. you know you can don't don't watch lawrence of arabia i mean you can watch 20 shorts instead well do do what do watch Lawrence of Arabia but you know also don't watch it again you know if you want to watch watch it straight after yeah don't watch Dr Survivor after it you know but you know (laughs) yeah I think that's the exciting uh, thing about shorts though is that um because there's less money involved and less pressure that often you know sometimes they can be more creative than watching Maybe not necessarily Lawrence of Arabia, but then I hate it. <laughs> uh, so the, on the 16th, obviously, will be the films in competition. Not everyone can win something. And there's no, like, you don't get a trophy. But we're just like, to, you know, we, we do want to say to these films, this was particularly good art, you know. There's never there's never a best, is it? But we've got a jury, and, they'll, and I just want to just, like, say good luck, hopefully, you know, you'll be mentioned, some cited somewhere. If not, don't take anything away from the work. Um, you know, it was a real pleasure like, getting hold of you to talk about these these two films. So, thank you from me. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Great. We'll have to have you back on to join us, especially to discuss your documentaries as well. That's, that's really... And the feature and film, then, of course. And then your feature, yeah, so that's two more you've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, I think it's a fantastic festival, and, you know, congratulations. It's a really great idea. 